When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. Hello, and you are listening to Mixing Music. I am your host, DK, and today with me, I have a very special guest, my good friend, Ryan Morris. How are you doing, Ryan? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Ryan Morris is a friend of mine from high school. Uh, after mm-hmm. leave, after graduating and being adults, we both have found out that we are in audio. Um, Ryan is a mastering engineer, and I ended up becoming a mix engineer, and today we wanted to talk about mastering. Yeah. Absolutely. So Ryan, so tell me a little bit about uh, mastering and what your thoughts about it are. Yeah, so mastering is essentially the process of getting something ready for distribution. So you have a mix; it's at a certain level, and um, you want to distribute that mix, be it through you know Spotify or iTunes. Well, I guess that's not a thing, but Apple Music um, or maybe on a CD, cassette, vinyl, what have you. And uh, mastering is that last step in the post production process that gets it ready for that distribution. Awesome. Awesome. So that's the thing. A lot of people I feel like are confused about what mastering is. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, my thoughts uh, is mastering is kind of black magic. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of, to a certain degree, there's like techniques, obviously there's YouTube tutorials and whatnot. But I think in all reality, from my perspective, like a real master is a little bit more scientific than creative, I guess, to a certain degree, yeah. um, and kind of brings it up to standards. Am I saying that right? Do you think that sounds about right? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I mean, it is a bit more particular. Um, there are definitely certain specifications that you need to follow in order to have something um, that I would, I guess you could call a proper master. Um, a lot of people, yeah, there, you, you said it right. There are a lot of like YouTube utor- uh, tutorials and things of that nature. Um, and I think, you know, those are definitely very valuable. There's a, you know, a lot of great information that you can get online, especially if you're trying to maybe save some money, do it yourself. Maybe it's a, you know, a DIY type, um, type par- uh, project, but, um, the actual mastering process is a little bit more complex. Um, it's a little bit more convoluted and it definitely sticks to certain specifications in order to make sure that, you know, music sounds great. Um, based on the platform. I think when people master uh, a song themselves, they don't necessarily think about how is this going to sound on Spotify versus Apple Music or a cassette tape versus a vinyl or, you know, the different mediums. People typically just think, you know, does this sound good? Is it loud? Um, Is it balanced? Which are all good, you know, things to think about, but it's not the full picture. Absolutely. And I've been been kind of telling people my own opinion on mastering. Um, And, I mean, as a mix engineer... I hear a lot of people that kind of mix and master their own stuff. Um, the, not very, not, they don't usually do that at a higher level, do both at the same time at a higher level. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like the only person that I know of that is like big leagues mixing engineer that also masters his own music is kind of like Jason Joshua, which is only rumors. I don't even know if that's true, gotcha. but, uh, <laughs> but I kind of feel like if you're mastering the music that you mixed yourself, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like that's still mixing to a certain degree. Does that make sense? Cause like at a mix, like I feel like when I'm mixing, when I'm mm-hmm. done with the mix that other than the vo- volume, like specifications for different services, like other than the whole volume thing, I feel like I should be done. The song should be done and could go to distribution without any worries of the way that it sounds. Like I shouldn't, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't get to 99% and leave the 1% for the mastering engineer. I feel like I should take it to 100% and the mastering engineer takes it to 101%. Like that next level that you didn't even know existed as well as brings it up to specs for everything. Some of that uh, black magic you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just my, I mean, that's kind of a harsh opinion, but I honestly think that if you master your own stuff, you're still kind of technically mixing. I mean, I I don't think that's too harsh. I think that's, that's totally fair. I think if you are to do something like mixing into a master, which a fair amount of people do, um, you have to realize that you are kind of limiting yourself in the sense that you don't have a second opinion. I mean, of course you could show it to other people and they could, you know, tell you what they thought about it. But one of the big reasons that you have a mastering engineer is for the sake of quality, you know, control almost. It's like, um, you know, you exported your mix and you think it sounds great. And, you know, it, it very well could, but it also could have some problems that you're, you know, blind to, be it to um, be it because of the, the acoustics in your room or the monitoring setup, or maybe you've just listened to it so many times you don't hear certain problems. Um, these are things that a mastering engineer will hear because there'll be a, a fresh pair of ears And then, of course, they have equipment um, that is um, designed specifically for mastering in mind, um, which can be a little bit different than than mix equipment. Um, Of course, with plugins, you know, everybody has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of options in terms of both mixing and mastering. But a lot of mastering engineers definitely still have outboard gear that is specifically designed for mastering. Yeah, and that stuff is way expensive and (laughs) (laughs) it is it's way fun to play with i could say that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so no it's cool it's definitely a cool um subsect of audio equipment and yeah and and i also think that part of the reason why you would want to hire a mastering engineer instead of doing yourself Mm -hmm. is that i would hope that the mastering engineer i send mixes to um not only has a different set of ears and like thinks about the music differently. Cause I'm thinking about it as like, you know, how many ever tracks I'm thinking about it as multi-track and how the tracks combine. I feel like a mastering engineer thinks about it differently. Cause you're literally looking at just a stereo track. And then yeah. on top of that, I would hope that, yeah, like you said, like he does have a fresh set of ears and mm-hmm. you know, listens across a uh, different device or whatever it is that kind of honestly hears it differently than me. Um, where I'm just trying to get like, for example, in a hip hop track, I'm just trying to get the bass bumping. I'm trying to get that 808 grooving. I'm trying to get that kick mm-hmm. drum bouncing. And you're trying to think like, okay, how can I make this loud, louder without making the low end take over everything, right? Yeah, things like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, definitely a lot of different uh, situations a mastering engineer can you know find themselves in, uh, be it like, you know, yeah, exactly. How do I make this track loud without having to compress it um, and get it up to, you know, certain specifications. But Honestly, if we're talking about mastering today, um, a lot of it isn't making it loud anymore, um, especially yeah. with like Spotify and things like that. I agree. Um, which is which is really cool, not to kind of divert from what you were talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I think 
when you view something as a stereo file or perhaps, you know, if you're doing like a STEM mastering project, like four or five different files, um, it's definitely a different perspective, especially since it's the first time that you're hearing the song. Um, yeah. So you're listening to it from a pretty objective standpoint. You don't have any emotionality tied into it. Um, it's like what's correct, what's incorrect, um, what seems too much, what seems like it's not enough, and how are all these factors going to tie in together to create something that sounds ready for uh, release. So that's, yeah. that's typically the perspective of a mastering engineer. Absolutely. I, of I course, there's some creativity, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to point out that, that it, is, it is a much more technical thing, I feel like, to the point where, again, mm-hmm. like, sure, I can do it, but... <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's but, you not know, too, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's not too terribly technical. You know, it's not to the point where it's like, it's impossible. I think mixing engineers, a lot of them do a really great job of, you know, mixing into a master. So I think it's possible. Um, and I think it's possible to do it well. I just think that, you know, if you spent most of your time trying to figure out how to mix something, which is a, an endeavor, you know, in and of itself, it's pretty difficult to become a good mixing engineer. Um, d- do you think you gave yourself enough time to become a good mastering engineer as well? Um, yeah. Which maybe is a question that uh, mixing engineers could ask themselves. Like, you know, if you're, as a mixing engineer, you probably wouldn't send something to another mixing engineer and be like, all right, you can do it because, you know, I just know that anybody can mix. Um, that's just not the the case. So some mixing engineers, you know, they can master, but some some can't. So if you're, you know, in that situation, maybe just ask yourself, am I as good of a mastering engineer as I am a mixing engineer? Am I mainly just trying to, you know, save some money? Am I, you know, just trying to do it all myself because I'm, I'm interested in it? Um, you know, just what's best for the song. And if you are the best, you know, option for the song, then go for it. But if you're not, then, you know, maybe send it to a, a mastering engineer. Yeah. Um, last, so I want to ask, uh, what are some ways that these musicians or mixing engineers, um, that are listening to this episode, what are some mm-hmm. ways that are, uh, that we can prep our sessions for a uh, professional mastering engineer? Yeah. So the main thing is today when, when you're thinking about distribution and when you're thinking about mastering, uh, like I was saying in a, mo- a moment ago, it's not too loud anymore. So you know, back when things were on CDs primarily, um, or maybe it was on iTunes where everything was downloaded, um, and there was no normalization of the audio. Um, yeah, there was like a loudness war and people would try to make things louder and, you know, stuff like that. And it made sense to a certain extent. I mean, you were trying to make something loud enough so that, you know, home stereo systems that didn't have that great of amplification could still play it at a relatively loud volume. So that was part of the point of making things louder. I mean, it's more pleasant and also, you know, you're giving those amplifiers a little bit of help by giving it some extra signal to work with. Um, But today, uh, with Spotify, with Apple Music, and just about any digital streaming service, be it uh, SoundCloud or Spotify, sorry, not Spotify, but YouTube, um, you have normalization that's factored in to just about everybody's listening experience. So you're not needing to master something as loud as you used to. Um, so I guess my my point in saying all of this is that if you're mixing something, you know, please don't make it loud. Like don't don't put a, a limiter on it. Don't yeah. try to crank it up to you know like yeah, negative yeah, yeah. ten lufs or something like that. Um, yeah, ma- master. I mean, uh, mix it pretty quiet. Uh, not too quiet, but you know, just cover up your noise floor. But that's more of a tracking thing, really. But um, 
Yeah, don't don't make it too loud, please. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I don't. actually, I actually have been talking to a lot of people. So do, a lot of people do ask me what mastering is and kind of my opinion mm-hmm. on it. Um, and I also hear a lot of people that say, "I heard on this one video or whatever um, that I'm supposed to have, you know, the highest peak be negative three dBs or whatever it is." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Hey, as long as you don't put a limiter on it and it's not clipping, then it's probably okay." <laughs> yeah, I think that's the situation for most mastering engineers. Like, if you if you give them something that's not clipping and it's not peaking and you didn't use a limiter on it, and you didn't, you know, cut the transients off. The point being, yeah, if you don't cut off all the transients, if you're not doing brick wall limiting, if you're not, you know, um, making something so stupidly loud that it can't be further processed, then yeah, you're, you're pretty much in the clear. You're doing a good job. And that's something that a mastering engineer can work with. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so that's about it for this episode. We want to give a little shout out to you, Ryan. How can people find you and your work as well as potentially hire you out? Yeah. So, I mean, mainly just follow me on, on Instagram. I, I used to have a website, but honestly, people don't go on, on websites as much as they used to. Um, so <laughs> I just kind of do it by word of mouth now. Um, you know, whenever someone needs some mastering, they just hit me up. But yeah, give me a, an email at ryanmorrisweb at gmail.com or you can just follow me on Instagram. It's just, you know, And what is your Instagram handle? Yeah, it's, it's rymo, R-Y-M-O dot music. M-U-S-I-C. Um, but yeah, I have some of the music that I make on there. And then if you're interested in, in mastering uh, or maybe just have any questions about it, something that you want to kind of learn about it or you're curious about, you know, what it actually, you know, means to master stuff. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to answer any questions. I've been doing it for about about six or seven years now. So I don't know everything, of course, but I know some stuff. So if you, you have any questions, definitely feel free to, to reach out. Awesome. And if you are in the uh, Chicago area... Yeah, uh, Ryan, you're out there now, right? Yeah, I just moved here. I lived in Nashville for about seven years, and now I just moved uh, to Chicago in about... So it's been about three months. Yeah, been here about three months. That's awesome. I love Chicago. Yeah. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, but, it's a uh, good area. <laughs> it's a good place <laughs> to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. That's, that's it for today. Remember to leave a five-star rating. Those ratings are super awesome. Um, visit our... You know, we have a Facebook group that's just newly made, and you can... Uh, I think it's just uh, Mixing Music Podcast group on Facebook for if you want to give each other some feedback on some mixes. Um, and yeah, keep working hard, keep hustling, and stay saucy. Stay saucy. Stay saucy. <laughs> One, two, three... This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. Psst! Hey you! Yeah you! Come join our Discord! The Mixing Music Discord server is filled with tons of awesome information and people. People that can help you out and information that can help you grow your business and to help you improve your mixes. So come join us and find the invitation link at mixingmusicpodcast.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.